When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Ring Out Ahoya podcast is your official home for the latest information on Marquette Athletics. Join us each week for exclusive conversations with administrators, coaches, student athletes, and many more. We are Marquette. Welcome to the latest episode of the Ring Out Ahoya podcast. I'm your host, Scott Kuykendall, and today we are joined by former men's basketball player and fan favorite, Chris O'Toole. What's up? How's it going? Chris, how you doing? Doing good, man. Fan favorite? Well, I, I don't usually add that, but I think you were a fan favorite. I mean, you were here for six years. I mean, did you not feel like a fan favorite? I mean, I mean, yeah, sometimes. I mean, but I, I just didn't know I was a fan favorite. But it's good to know. It's good to know. You were too. <laughs> I don't okay. know about that. I just, I just labeled you a fan favorite. I, you know, if I took a survey, I think that that I would be backed up with my research. So, is it hard? Is it hard for you to think that? Yeah, as I was kind of researching, you've been gone just about as long as you were at Marquette at this point. You've been gone about six years. You were here for six. I mean, has it gone by faster, or does it seem like forever ago that you're on campus? Uh, it does feel like it's been a, a super long time since I've been at Marquette, and I've seen you know all the players come and go since since I've been overseas. But um, I don't know. Marquette was one was was some of the best six years of my life. Uh, and, uh, you know, I won't ever forget that experience. But, I mean, it does definitely feel like it's been a long time. I didn't even know I was I was overseas for six years. I didn't know that. So, Well, according been- to the Internet, that's how long you've been gone. So it's got to be true. What, uh, I mean, where are you at right now? Maybe just give us a little update. We'll get a little bit more into your, your pro career and some of the details. But, you know, what? Uh, where do you find yourself these days? So I'm home in Houston, Texas. I'm staying uh, close to the Galleria Mall, which is like the biggest mall in Texas. And, uh, you know, I'm just here just working out, staying with my family, my mom and dad and my two brothers. And I have my cousins are, they're all, my, all my family's in Houston. So, you know, it, it, it made the, more, the most sense to, to come back home to Houston. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm just working out. And besides that, uh, just finding stuff to get into, hanging out with, hanging out with, 
one person, one family member a day, or just going out to eat. I mean, just trying, trying to find different things to get into. Obviously, uh, things are just now opening up, you know, with uh, this whole pandemic thing. So for my first two, three weeks, I was just doing nothing. And, and uh, but now that things are starting to open up, I'm starting to see a lot of restaurants and stuff like that. It's, uh, I'm just happy to be back home. And now we have two things to talk about unique, right? I know obviously being in Houston, uh, along with a lot of places in the country, all the protests going on. And, and I've seen some of the footage from the Houston area. Have you experienced that at all or, or run into any of it? Yeah, because I'm, I'm super close to uh, downtown area. So that gives me, you know, the uh, opportunity to, to go and participate in some of these marches and stuff like that. But, um, no, it's, it, it's definitely, uh, Crazy, crazy times, uh, you know, in the states like that. But you know, we just hopefully, you know, the protest, the point, the whole point of protest is hoping that you know justice prevails. So hopefully, we get to see that. I know our coaches have talked with our guys via Zoom, obviously, right now, where they can't get together, just about their reactions and thoughts and emotions and and stories and so many different stories and examples. Do you have any specific examples to you know that have kind of come? Uh, you know, been brought into your mind with, with all that's going on that you've experienced personally with, with any of the things that are being protested? Um, I wouldn't say just any specific examples, but, uh, you know, for me, I think the biggest thing is just like, you know, because like I said, uh, it's, it's super close in the uh, you know, downtown area. So, you know, when I, when I was there, you know, involved in the marches, it's just, it's just, it's great and it's surprising to see like not only, you know, black people, but like, all like everyone's there supporting the cause and and just hoping that you know justice will prevail in the situation and you know that's the biggest thing you know that that, that for me is that I just hope that you know justice will prevail and we'll, 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 and you know George Floyd didn't die in vain and you know and hopefully you know we can see some some type of change going on here and with all the protests with all the everything that's going on we can hope that justice definitely will prevail at the end so I just hope for that. Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff going on, and we haven't even gotten to you know COVID and and well, how that's impacted obviously everyone. But for you personally, uh, I believe you were in obviously still playing. You were in Japan, correct? And I think you might be home by now anyway uh, this time of year. Uh, but obviously that was cut short. How how was that getting back to the states and and just that whole process as, as you went through it? Yeah, um, yeah, I would have been with it June. Yeah, so I would have definitely been back home by now. But um, you know, it was it was a very chaotic time at that point too. But I will say I will say that Japan did a, a very good job of handling the situation, only because like Japan is a, is a, is a super clean country in general. So you know they made sure all the precautions were taken in every single restaurant, every single gym, every single situation. So. It didn't spread as, as badly as it did here in the states, but you know it did get to a point where you know it got bad. So they canceled the season. Um, I think I want to say like a month before it was supposed to originally cancel, and um, you know I had to quarantine there for a few weeks before coming home. But I will say a funny story was when, when, I, when I did come home, I, I had never seen the airports that like okay, so the airports, all the hotels, the trains, the planes, everything was completely empty. And it felt like, I felt like I was like some type of VIP and some type of VIP <laughs> because everything was completely empty. And like, it was weird, it's just weird. Like you walk into the airport and it's so empty. You're on a plane, it's only like two, three people, train, two people. Like it's just, 
some crazy experience. But like, yeah, but I was able to go home because I'm an American citizen at the time. So I was able to fly home uh, amongst the, amid all the uh, Corona stuff. So, um, but yeah, got home, quarantined and, you know, I'm here now. So for the first time in a, a long time, you didn't have to fight for exit row or uh, more leg room that you usually need. You had whatever you needed. Oh, it was crazy, man. Like literally just going like, yeah, I, I sit in one seat, I go to the bathroom, and I just like sit in another one. Like why? Because you just got all the, you got all the room, you know, you could just do whatever you want. And no, it was a one in a lifetime experience because I'm sure I'm never going to get an empty fight again. I mean, so, but yeah, that was a good experience. So your most recent stop is Japan, right? Where you played and had the opportunity for a little bit to play with Devante Gardner, who's grown into evidently, you know, a star over there. Maybe talk a little about that with, uh, with Devante and what he's done. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure that Devante should get like a statue out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's, I don't know what the exact numbers was, but I'm sure he was like the lead, uh, leading the league and scoring three, four years. I don't know. I don't know the exact number. I don't want to get it wrong, but a bunch of, a bunch of times in a row. So, uh, no, it was, it was a good time to, it was a good experience to play with Devontae at the time. You know, he kind of knew the ropes of Japan and, uh, you know, how things worked. So he was able to help me in that situation, uh, in, in that aspect. And then, you know, obviously we're teammates. We're roommates. Uh, I don't know if people know this. We're roommates on the road, road trips. So, it was good to like, you know, so we, so we kind of had a connection that way. So it was good to like, you know, go back and kind of relive all the Marquette memories and talk through everything and just like make new ones. Like, can't tell you the new ones that we made. Uh, no. There's gotta be some good Devontae stories though. I gotta believe, I mean, you, rooming with him alone probably has its own set of stories, but I mean, it, it was it like he's known when you guys are out and about or yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely, he's definitely known when we're out and about. People, people will come up to him, and ask him a picture, or, or like say his name. You know, just just strict based solely off like you know his play out there. He's he's a uh, record recognized, like really recognized out there. And uh, you know, but uh, I mean, I don't have no stories. Let me see if I have any Devontae stories. I don't have any Devontae stories. Like I have, I have a Devontae story at Marquette. I don't know if I have a Devontae story after, but um. Well, let's start with the one of Marquette. I mean, I'm sure he hasn't changed, right? I mean, he's still the unassuming guy that you would walk by and not say anything to, and then he goes out, scores 80 points, never leaving his feet. You know, I mean, that's probably how he still plays, right? Yeah, I used to call him. Uh, I don't know if you watch Pokemon. I used to call him Snorlax. Snorlax was the big. You know, probably don't know who he is. <laughs> I don't, but I'm sure people that are listening will. The big sleepy. He's like a big sleepy guy. Like <laughs> sleepy. And that's exactly like his persona and like how he carries himself. But uh, yeah, so quick story about uh, <laughs> quick story, quick story about at Marquette. I forgot where we were at. I don't know if it was like one of the Hawaii trips. Or it was some road trip, and then um, yeah, you know, like you know, after dinner, you know, there, there there's a a setup with like a bunch of snacks and like a bunch of food that you can take and stuff like that. And you know, uh, usually a normal person. Would take like two at the most, two, three drinks, a couple cookies, a couple muffins, stuff like that. So, I mean, me, me, mind you, me and Devontae are roommates. And um, one point, we saw we were roommates, and then at one point, 
it was the middle of the night. I think it was like 11, 12, like a midnight snack. And I asked him, like, do you have some food? He's like, yeah, go in my bag. I swear to you, he had like 20 muffins. <laughs> he had at least 20 cookies and he had like 15 drinks. It was like, and this is his travel bag. I'm like, how are you going to get out this bag? And he didn't have to because he ate it all before we left. But, uh, and he shared with you. You ate some of it too. I mean, don't put it, pin it all on him. Well, yeah, I mean, I ate a few, but that's 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 my Devontae story. I have many, many more, but I, off the top of my head, that's just the one that I can remember right now. But we have a lot of good memories too. So, and we share a lot of good memories too. We were together on New Year's, uh, having a good time. So, now did I see that you actually uh, became a Nigerian citizen at some point? So yeah. that you don't count as an American on the rosters? Is that basically why you do that? Yeah, definitely. Exactly. I, I did that a few years ago in France because France, France has a rule where if you have a, a double passport, you don't really consider as an American, you consider as a cotonou, which is a double citizenship. And that's that allowed me to uh, be more desirable to certain teams in that aspect because I wasn't considered American, but, you know, but naturally I was born and raised in America. So... Um, yeah, definitely. So I have a Nigerian passport and my American passport. Exactly. Two passports. No, I mean, that opens up a lot more opportunities, I would think. And, and again, based on what I've seen, your stops after Marquette have included Turkey, Germany, France, China, and Japan. Is that accurate? Yeah. Well, Turkey, I was supposed to go to Turkey, but something, uh, something fell out. So I never really went there. I signed and everything, but I never really went there. But yes, okay. Germany, France, China, in Japan playing, yeah. And and what if, I mean, that's, you know, a pretty wide range of, of places to be. I mean, that, first of all, I'm sure you're thankful that your career is taking you there, but what was there one that stuck stuck out to you that you enjoyed more, one that you'd, you haven't at all, or as I you mean, look back at it? I mean, yeah, I mean, each situation has uh, their pros and cons, or but um, if I had to choose, I would just probably say just overall probably Japan, just because the living like like the living situation is you know is, is better, you know the teams really really take care of you out there. Um, the people are like some of the most polite people I've ever met in my entire life, and like just more, like just manners and just so polite and respectful. And lastly, like everything is super clean. Like, like it's I never experienced something like that before. Like. Uh, it's like one of the most cleanest places I, I go with public bathrooms, like truck stop public bathrooms, like no matter where you're at, like it's just super clean and, and they're, you know, super respectful out there. And um, yeah, that was, about, that was probably my best experience, I would say, was Japan overall. Funny that you say that because I think one of the dirtiest places I've seen is your guy's locker room uh, at Marquette. You just, you know. <laughs> I have nothing to do with that, man. Oh, come on, man. You got, I mean, you go in my there. Area, my area was dirty. I can't, I can't vouch for that. But no, yeah, but like you would never see that kind of thing in Japan. If you did, they'd be cleaning up after themselves. I mean, it's just, it's just a completely different experience. Have you ever been to Japan or have you been at I've the not, I've been to China, been to China. And, China. and the biggest thing I remember about that is, just, you know, just the amount of people. Yeah, just crazy, like cars everywhere, people on bikes, the buses, and just the, the total amount of people is just a lot to to take. Yeah, and I think because of that, because of there's so there's so, so much people like there's no 
like kind of res- like respect. I want to say respect, but there's no kind of like no understanding of like personal oh, space. personal space. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. <laughs> I so, refused so, so, to go on a bus because they were. I mean, if you couldn't, if they were gonna fit somebody else on the buses, I saw they would have. I gotta oh, believe yeah. they're at capacity. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're, they're gonna cram like, and, and then like like they'll they'll like bump like if you're walking like they'll bump you, brush you like. And it's, it's all normal. Like, it's just normal behavior, you know? Yeah. Whereas in the States, we might think, like, that's rude or something. But, like, that, that's just normal, you know, because there's so many people. I mean, yeah. But trying to Yeah, there's just nowhere to go. I mean, you're yeah. going to bump into people. Obviously. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's trying. Yeah, there's definitely, like, a lot of people over there. So, that's one thing I remember. But Have you had a chance to, uh, I know now you're obviously a lot closer to Buzz and, and a lot of those guys being at A&M. Have you been over to swing up, been able to swing over there at all? I have not, but uh, I'm, spo- I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to go see all those guys because it's literally, literally an hour and 15 minutes from me. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, um, you know, Buzz has t- told me, you know, invited me out there. So I definitely go up there and see them whenever I have the opportunity to do that. Um, so I'm excited to do that and go work out and stay up there, but definitely not waking up at 5 in the morning <laughs> if I go over there. And I'm going to establish – kind of established that <laughs> did you see uh did you see the i think jamil wilson started it on on twitter about uh whether you know having your hands on your knees about you know helps you breathe or you know kind of jamie and those guys got in that from all boot camp because that was always the thing right yeah that you was put your hands on your knees yeah that was the thing and and, and we, we have a group chat of a, a couple of those uh like marquette guys and like that was one of the pictures that was posted on in the group chat, and we kind of had a discussion about that. And I didn't know that was true. Is that true? I don't know. I mean, it, again, if it was on the internet, it's got to be true, right? I, I don't I, I just, I know, I always remember from the couple of times I was up at five to see you guys do that. That was the big, you know, you couldn't put your hands on your knees. You had to stay up, right, in between sprints. Yeah. And, and, and apparently the picture said that hands on your knees is better for, like, circulation or, like, yeah. breathing or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense because, like, the way, you know. Would have been good for you to know back then, I'm sure, right? I mean, I definitely have my hands on my knees a lot of times. <laughs> and, and it did feel better as opposed to putting putting them on your head or on your, your hips. I mean, who, are the guy, who are the guys you mentioned in the group text? Who are the guys that you, you keep in contact with uh, most frequently? Oh, we got a group chat with me, Jamil, Juan Anderson, Devontae, Derek Wilson. Mello, Mello, yeah, <laughs> and um, Bobos. You don't know him. This is us. Uh, I think he's kin to Jamil, and he's he's also in the group too. But um, yeah, but this is uh, just us. And we always have any type of discussion that comes up. We all talk about any kind of matter, any kind of social issues, any kind of thing that's on our head, or just randomly roasting each other, making fun of each other. At, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> all the time, so, yeah. Is it is it tough for you guys to? I mean, I assume during the season you're talking Marquette ups and downs, wins and losses, but with the time difference and everything, I mean, how much are you able to keep close tabs on what's going on with the team? I, I know social media helps, I'm sure, with all that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really active on social media like that, but I definitely do follow Marquette, so I was able to see and keep in, keep up with you know every, like everything over the past couple of years, and, you know, all the players and all the, the good teams that have come through, but. Um, um, yeah, so social media has been a big help, but um, you know I haven't been able to co- go back to Marquette in a, in a while. I don't know if I've ever been back 
Yeah, no, I'm aware. It's been a while, Chris. We're gonna make that happen, though. We're gonna make that happen. Like, hopefully, depending upon how the, you, you guys just got freed a couple weeks ago, right? Well, the the city of Milwaukee is still under kind of a safer at home, but yeah, majority of the area, and I, I think we're trending in the right direction. When campus is closed, and and we won't have student athletes back on campus for a few weeks yet, so you have an excuse at least this summer. Next summer, if you're out of here by then. Yeah, because I heard, I heard like, I don't know if it was Milwaukee or Wisconsin was like one of the last states to to uh, open up. That's, that must have been really, I mean, I guess that's that's taking good precautions, so I'm not going to say that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, every place is different. Uh, that's yeah. for sure. That's for sure. What uh, What about, I know you said you played with Devontae. Have you, you crossed paths with Marquette guys playing against him over these years? I got to believe him. We got a good number of guys that are active uh, throughout Europe. Yeah, I don't think I've, I don't think I've, I think Devontae is the only one I've crossed paths with and played against. Really? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just Devontae. Played with or played against. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't really think of, you know, anyone else. That's not a big deal. Let's, let's, th- let's shift back to your Marquette days. Let's go way back and start talking about that. Huh? I, I mean, you had, uh, you had a unique career here obviously battled through uh, a couple of different injuries right uh, as a freshman and then in second season basically and then uh, the ACL against uh, Washington I think right the Jimmy V yeah, exactly. uh, ends up being uh, you know you end up being a total of six years I, I remember even you know Marquette Madness you know you would become <laughs> we were going to put together this like tribute video for you I was enshrined uh, in the, the Marquette Madness Hall of Fame. You were. You were the first and only inductee into the Marquette Madness Hall of Fame. But I remember us, you know, we were going to do it and kind of do it more of a, as a lighter uh, topic. Uh, and Buzz was like, you know, no, this should be more serious. And, and it turned out really well. But I think, you know, when I said earlier, we were a fan favorite. I mean, you had six years to build relationships right. with people within the program and without. And and, and outside the program, I mean, so, you know, it, I asked you earlier if it, it went by faster. It seems like a long time. I mean, it is a significant part of your life, right? Being a Marquette. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, although, although the injuries weren't, weren't uh, ideal, you know, obviously no one wants to go through injuries. I will say, you know, like you kind of stated, I, I was able to, you know, make, make a lot of great friendships and experience a lot of good experiences, you know, during those six years. You know, which allowed me to kind of be inducted into the Market Hall of Fame. But no, <laughs> no, it, it, it was a good experience. You know, I don't regret. You know, nothing that ever happened, none of the injuries, and none of that, because you know, it, it wouldn't allow me to, you know, kind of grow in that aspect and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm satisfied with my six years. I'm not satisfied with the six boot camps though. Not the six <laughs> boot camps, and I'm always, I'm always bragging about that. I mean, granted, one one of them, I'll say five and a half, because one of them I, I didn't do fully because I was kind of hurt, like yeah. from injury. But yeah, six. Yeah. If you could describe in one or two sentences what boot camp was, because I don't believe, and if you would talk to Jamie McNeely or Joe Falls, I don't think they do it like they used to. How would you describe boot camp to to someone from the outside? Maybe it's one word. I don't know. Yeah, I did. I did see some videos um, of it now, and I don't know if it's 100% the same way, or, wh- or whether it's legal to do it that way anymore. <laughs> but no, nah, um, 
Okay, let's just say illegal. No, I'm joking. No, I don't know. No, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, I mean, I can't really think of like it's just literally um like it, 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 you you you're pushed to limits like that you never experienced before in your entire life. Like it, like like you've never felt these 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 physical limits. You push like physical limits that you've never ever experienced in life, and that's pretty much the most you know the best explanation I can give you. Like never, your body has never been pushed away or put through the things that you'll be put through during the camp. From everything, from 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 the time you wake up to the how how much you have to run to how much you have to like uh, rely on other teammates and have to pick up and, and, and you know rally together with other teammates. It just works on so many different aspects, not just one thing. And so you just push to like exhaustion, like you push to uh, you push to your limits. Yeah. No, I, I you know, for, it, it's a basic, it's a lot of sprints. It's a lot of running, but I, I think ultimately it's a team bonding. And as you mentioned, when you're, when you're pushed the limits of your physical exhaustion, you still have to operate as a team and be mentally tough. And then, you know, there's strategies involved, right? You know, I think the last day there's a sprint for every game on the schedule and you, you don't can't advance until you hit the times and, uh, you know, there's some uh, objective timing, maybe. Uh, is that uh, accurate? <laughs> that if, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> if somebody can find something wrong with a sprint, they will. That, that might yeah, be. Yeah. If any, if anything, like from not touching the line, or, yeah, you have to literally be across the line at a certain time. And if you don't, and if you don't do it, you, you're going to be there until you do it. Like, you know, that's just what it is. So, like I said, you push to, you just push to limits you've never experienced before so i haven't i have, I have nightmares about that still sometimes <laughs> i'm so like and, and, and i've never experienced like nothing like that since then i mean yeah physically you know like as far as like sports like literally like physically you know because it, it just makes everything so much kind of easier when you after you've done something like that you, you realize okay i can do this you know and, which i think is another point of it right you know making you aware of your limitations exactly so do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, I was thinking about this too. Kind of when, when everybody found out about your eye uh, when you were here uh, after a couple of years. When did they find out? I don't remember. You don't remember that? Ooh. So we were we played at Vanderbilt, uh -huh. and Mark Gottfried. I remember this because uh, Buzz got mad at me, and rightfully so. I, you know, I just hadn't even thought about it, but nobody had really talked about it. So we were at playing at Vanderbilt and Mark Godfrey, who was a former uh, head coach, was doing the game. And, you know, we always sit down pregame and he asked me, you know, why does Chris wear the goggles? And I had never thought to ask, you know, and this is, you know. what's that? You know, I didn't know. Um, no, I, I had no idea. And I don't think anybody did. Yeah. Uh, nobody knew at first. Nobody really knew. So, so I went and asked Ernest Eugene, you know, why does he wear the goggles? And, uh, and it was, he said, to protect the other eye. Mm -hmm. Like, well, why would he need to protect that eye, you know? And that's when I found out. So I just went back and told Mark. He used it on the broadcast. And this was before social media got really big. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't think anything else of it. And then the next morning, Buzz came up to me, and, you know, and, and that was kind of how it had gotten out, which mm -hmm. is, it just hadn't come up. And, and I, I guess I, I thought maybe you would remember 
exact not exactly when, but that it was a couple of years at least before. And maybe you can give a little more background on exactly what what happened, right? I mean, it was something that happened when we were younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it actually happened when I was from birth. Like I was just born with something called glaucoma, and that was just uh, something I was born with from birth. Like it wasn't it wasn't like you know as, as opposed to like me getting it when I was younger. It was just from birth, and I had to you know get the surgery and you know have the prosthetic eye from birth. So this is all when I was little. But um, as far as the situation at, at Marquette, I, don't, I really don't even remember when people found out. Um, and I didn't even know, I didn't even know how, how I felt. Like it really didn't like affect me, like, you know, because like the only thing that I, I, that I didn't want was I didn't want people using that as an excuse to what, like, you know, kind of have pity or something like that. So that's why I, I, I just never even thought to even talk about it. But I mean, I, I guess eventually, eventually it came out. But I will say that when it did come out, it came out with, positivity and people, yeah. people were influenced uh, and, and inspired by the situation that's what you know allowed me to like continue to come out more and continue to talk about it more is when i saw that it was actually inspiring people as opposed to just you know some being some cool or something you know so uh when i when i saw when i saw that you know that was happening people were people were being moved by the story and the situation that's when i you know was compelled to talk about it more and stuff like that so well if i remember right there wasn't there a young boy and and Milwaukee area that you kind of developed a relationship with that, that had a similar similar yeah. Uh, situation. Yeah, I wonder his name was Charlie. I remember, um, and uh, we, me and his family, stayed in touch for a long time. Fell out of touch uh, a couple of years ago, but you know, hopefully, we can get back in touch. But yeah, we definitely he he was he was diagnosed. With, I'm gonna say with the same exact thing that I was diagnosed with. So he would always come to all the. Uh, Every kind of every event that we had, he would him and family would be there, and we would catch up and take pictures, and that was a cool thing. I actually kept a picture of him in my wallet for a long time after that, but uh, no, but that was good. Uh, that was good. That was a good situation school experience, definitely. Well, I mean, if they, you know, if they're still here, that's one more reason to get back to Milwaukee. Not only to just come on campus. Yeah, Chris. amongst other reasons, there's a lot of reasons I need to come back to Milwaukee. Some, well, and I believe we've tried to recruit you for the TBT as well. Yeah, I mean, see, I, see, the thing about that is, like, I've, I've been playing in China for the, like during the summer. So my the, my China my Chinese season will always go during the summers, and it just never allowed me to even go play because I was be, I would be gone for the entire summer. I would only make home around in early August for like a week, a few days, and I have to go back and t- start like the 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 European season or the you know what I'm saying so yeah. it was like back it was, man, it was a long three years so and obviously now with the uh, situation going on now it's allowed me to stay home and spend time with family so but yeah we'll see you know we talked before we re- were uh, started recording you're trying to move in position for a job uh, up here but I mean are you are you getting to the point where I mean you like to play basketball obviously as long as you can but I know you're always a guy that, you know, is looking long-term as well. Maybe talk about where you're at and, you know, as you not toward, you know, I don't know the tail end, but, you know, you probably have fewer days ahead of you than, than you do behind you playing basketball, right? Yeah. You know, if it's up to me, you know, I want to play, you know, for as long as I can, but you just never know, you know, the, the circumstances, you know, you know, and how long you, you, you could put possibly be, be playing. So, you know, I'm always thinking about life after basketball. I'm always like working, even like now, just trying to put put a few things together and have, you know, just like different sources of income and stuff like that. But um, yeah, definitely 
I definitely need to keep those Marquette connections. We can, so we can all so, so we can brainstorm and put our, and, and figure something out and allow me to, you know, come work somewhere. It's funny how we always start hearing from former guys uh, about the time they need something. That's interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> that how it works? Is that how it works? Are you going to tell me now you don't have any gear either after all the uh, six years? No, nah, man. See, I don't need the gear. I don't want the gear. If, when, when I get the job, I'm going to have the gear. The gear comes with it. So <laughs> I don't need the gear, man. Yeah, see, so you have thought about this already. That's good. That's good to know. Uh, definitely. I always got to keep my mind just working in different kind of situations. But I definitely go join some like market alumni group somewhere on LinkedIn or something. Go check that out. Well, we can set you up with that. I mean, what, what you know, you mentioned that you've been home and I know you're working out and, you know, hopefully looking forward to the next season. But what else, what other interests? I mean, what do you do to, to bide the time all day? I mean, I know you're with your family and that helps, but yeah, a lot of hours in the day we're all finding. Say it again? There's a lot of hours in the day that need to be filled right now, right? Definitely. So, so I mean, I, I work out every morning, and that and that kind of knocks out a few hours. And then um, I'm literally just like, uh, especially now, I'm trying to find you know things to do. Um, you know, I'm hanging out with my cousin all the time, or my brother, and stuff like that. But I mean, as far as like extracurricular activities, it's just you know, I'm trying to get into like different things, you know, real estate stuff, and just just trying to find different ways to you know bring some of work, but I mean, for the most part, it's just a lot of chilling too. Also, uh, especially being home and like resting, because usually uh, I'm always playing around this time. So the fact that I can just like you know rest and like kind of recoup uh, my body and mentally, physically is is also you know important too. But um, yeah, no, just having going out, just you know having a good time and just resting up. So enjoying that moment right now. So if you have your choice, you you prefer to go back to Japan based on the experiences you've had and and the league and all the other factors. And did you you play for two different teams over there? You only played with uh, Devante for a little bit, right? Yeah, I played for two different teams and then transferred to a different team. But I would definitely uh, love to go back to Japan for sure because just, just, just as far as total total experience, it's uh, I, I feel like it's at the top. Um, you know, team feature with utmost respect. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that other countries didn't, but I just didn't like the overall package. I think Japan's number one, so I would love to go there. But, you know, obviously at the end of the day, it's wherever you can find a good situation uh, is most important. But if I had a choice, definitely would, would hope to go back to Japan. So. How's the communication with, I mean, the coaches, I assume, speak English a little bit at least, or I'm guessing you don't know a lot of Japanese. I mean, I know my, I know the, I know the basics. Konnichiwa, arigato. Yeah, I would say that's the basics, Chris. Uh, I, I knew I mean, that. I know a few more <laughs> that you don't know, but I'm not gonna go give you a lesson right now. But <laughs> I appreciate that. But um, no, they, so they they have a few foreign coaches, you know, from America, from you know, UK, and obviously those guys speak English. But as far as like the coaches I had were Japanese, and every team has a translator, so. Uh, designated translator trying to just you know does the work kind of you know yeah. and translates everything the coach is saying translate everything that we're saying and so yeah translators the biggest you know obviously it's culture is different everywhere as you mentioned and the biggest thing I hear is for most guys is the food the toughest part to adjust to I mean how have you found that in your in your stops and I know some guys are a little more open-minded than others but you can't necessarily find everything you, you have at home, right? 
Yeah, true. I mean, I've heard that too, but I mean, I I don't really think that's true because I think when you go to the grocery store, there's still there's still salmon, there's still chicken, there's still eggs. I mean, I, I mean, there's still bread. I mean, there's still things that we all eat. But as far as like, I guess the restaurants, if that's what they're talking about, then yeah, you, you kind of have to adjust. But I mean, I'm personally a favorite of like sushi, poke bowls, ramen noodles, stuff like that. So, you know, that experience for me was great. China was not. I know it's not, and uh, and a lot of weird sauces and things that you've never tasted before. Walking down the street and see just things hanging, but uh, uh, and and in China we were staying in a hotel, uh, the whole time. So like I was able to order room service, but when we go on the road trips, I would have to like eat out, and it was a lot of starving nights out there. No joke. You gotta embrace the culture, man. That's what I'm talking about. There's not gonna be a McDonald's on every corner. Ah, yeah, it's true. That's true. But sometimes you gotta make that drive to find a McDonald's, man. That's why Devante was prepping with 20 muffins in his travel bag. That's what you needed to have done. Uh, long term, long term. When you're overseas, see? True, true. I did not, I didn't think about that. But yeah, you have to. You, you might take a taxi to like 20, 30 minutes to go find like a Pizza Hut or or or, or a McDonald's somewhere because. Do not want to eat, you know, stuff that you see. Sometimes, well, let me, let me stop because some of the food, a lot of the food is good out there too, but it's the Chinese food like here is not the same as the Chinese food in China. You know, it's yeah, you know, like when you go like serve and panda spurs or something, that's not Chinese food out there. You know? Yeah. Well, and I think knowing you, I, I, you know, I'm confident that you're appreciating this opportunity, right? You're not taking it for granted. You're you're traveling the world, you're experiencing all these different cultures that you like and you don't like, and you're going to be a better person because of them, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. That, that, that's the biggest takeaway from it is you get to experience, um, you know, different cultures and actually live, not just visit, but you get to live in like different co- countries with different cultures, you know, and I think that kind of just uh, molds you and kind of just, you know, changes you, humbles you and just kind of you know, opens, opens your mind up. You know? But um, yeah, I think that that, you know, the fact that I'm not only like playing in different countries, but I'm actually like living and have to adapt to like the different cultures. It's like a fun experience to be a part of, for sure. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and your uh, busy schedule these days to uh, catch up with us. And yes, this podcast is a start. Your next step has to be at some point to get back here in Milwaukee. I know there's a lot of people that would love to see you. Uh, I know You'd love to see them. I mean, everybody's still here. Adrian, Allison, Barb, uh, yeah. Broker, Todd Smith, who I know you still talk to. Myself, I'll put on that list. You know, a lot of the same faces, Chris. No, for sure. I definitely need to come back, man. And even talking to you is just bringing, like, a lot of memories. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to coming back there, man. Appreciate you. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you. Stay safe. All right, man. Thank you. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of the Ring Out Ahoya podcast, which is available on GoMarquette.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening, and Go Marquette!